Thank you. And thank you again for inviting me to speak. Um, it's a real privilege to be able to, to do it. Um, so as I said, we've been married for uh, just over nine years now. And obviously talking about fertility is a very sensitive issue and a very emotional one. Um, and one that we've been through over the last nine years, essentially. Um, and our journey with it, um, started pretty much straight away I guess we we kind of wanted to start having a family not long after we got married and um, we kind of quite quickly began to realize that you know the normal pattern of most people getting pregnant by a certain stage wasn't happening and we began on that journey of all of the tests and moving forward with seeing if there was any interventions that were maybe needed to try and help natural conception if there is, you know, all the usual stuff that you have to go through. And we find ourselves pretty quickly pushed through to um, the IVF clinic once, you know, once we got through all the tests and there was nothing wrong and all of that, we we were pushed through to these this clinic. And um, this is just to give a brief overview of our story before I kind of share a little bit more about what God did through all of this. Um, but we were, we, we initially felt a check in both of our spirits, which led us to think, no, this this isn't for us. We didn't at that time know why. And if somebody had asked me, why are you not going ahead with it at this stage? I couldn't have given you a succinct answer at all. We just had a sense of it not being right at that point. And then a couple of years after that, I ended up in hospital, hospital with something unrelated. And it began a journey of going back to see if there was any other options beyond IVF if there was something else that we could look for as a way of having a family and this ended up with us having quite an in-depth conversation this time with a clinician at the IVF clinic which was so helpful we'd like I said we didn't initially know why we weren't going forward with it and then this in-depth conversation really helped us to see what was actually going on in IVF, which we had absolutely no idea about, really. Um, and it, it just opened up all the ethical issues that we were just, up to that point, pretty unaware about. But at the same time as this, we were looking at trying to have a bespoke um, way of doing IVF. So once we had realised that we couldn't go ahead with IVF as it is, we were looking into this way of having a bespoke way of doing it which evolve, which would involve um, not having to do the multiple embryos or the freezing or any of these issues. So that's where our story got up to and then we, we realised also that we couldn't do this either and it was really just after that that God really spoke very personally into our lives about it. Um, and before I go into it, I, you know, we, we really wanted and still would love to have a family. Um, we really wanted IVF to be something that we could do. We weren't neutral about this. It was something that we really wanted. And we can just absolutely relate to the pain and the grief of not being able to have your own family, um, of waiting for years and God seemingly not answering that prayer. Um, so so we can really empathise with people who are going through this uniquely, I would say, uniquely painful journey. Um, but one thing that God has really shown me on this is that 
this isn't an issue that can be avoided simply because you haven't gone through it or the attitude that because somebody hasn't gone through it, they shouldn't be talking about it. Um, God wants us to talk about this. He wants us to have a biblical view of it. He wants us to ask him about it and to see what he has to say about it. And this is, I think, underlining everything that I'm going to say is that God really wants us to have a biblical viewpoint, regardless of whether you have children or not, of whether you want to have children or not, whatever your situation is, he wants us as the body of Christ to have a biblical understanding of this most important topic of human life, his creation. So um, when, when it got to the point where I felt like God was leading me into a new place with this, um, and we'd reached this point of feeling that we couldn't go ahead with any version of IVF in any form. God had created this kind of perfect environment to get me to this place to be able to think about it. And at the time, which was about a year and a half ago or just over a year ago, um, he'd spoken to me about really studying the Bible. So I was I was really trying to do that, particularly with this topic we were doing weekly podcasts at the time with um, Dave Brennan from Breathos, who you may have heard of. We were talking about abortion and contraception and all of these topics. So it was something that was really in the forefront of my mind. And we were having to really reflect objectively about our own situation and trying to push through with this version of IVF. And it was really, I think, God had just created this perfect little environment where I suddenly had to to be really honest and open with him about it. And I really had to think about it in a way that I hadn't ever before. And and most importantly, I had to pray about it differently. That was the most important thing. And I would say that to date, this is the most... Um, I Personally, I have never, ever... God has never shared or shown me anything or spoken to me like this in a way that I've ever had before in my life. It was just, it was so exciting and so personal. And I'd be coming downstairs in the morning to say to Nick, you won't believe what God has just shown me about this, this topic. And I was going through all these notes and going through all this stuff in the Bible. And it was exciting. It was, it was quite amazing. Um, but I'll just share a little bit about a few of the different things that happened over that period um, and what exactly it was that God, I felt God show me. So January of that year, which would have been the beginning of last year, I'd just begun to start reading Genesis again. So I was going back through the whole Bible again. And I got to Genesis 29 and 30 with Leah and Rachel and God just really opened up these chapters in scripture and they're so familiar. We, we know the words in them so well, but God was really speaking to me personally through the stories of these two women. And there were just a few things that jumped out at me as I was reading. The first one, when you go through and read these, the way that the women talk just so evidently reveals their heart. And I was really challenged by how they spoke about wanting to have children. Um, Rachel's words in particular, but both, 
their desire is so strong that they will do anything. They will do anything to have children. They will misuse their servants in order to have children. And their desire, their idol, had become the thing that would allow them to do virtually anything in order to achieve that end. Um, secondly, the language that is used in these two chapters reveals a lot as well. Um, for these women, the end result, having a baby, having a child, justified the means of what they were doing. And Leah and Rachel both talk about God in a way that is entirely incorrect. Um, they talk about God justifying them and rewarding them and God is entirely misrepresented in this entire passage of scripture. And it's obvious looking in on the situation that these women don't understand who God is and they don't know him. But still, it's made obvious that their attitude towards children is entirely wrong. And at the same time, um, we can see the way that the biblical author also wants to make it clear when God has intervened. And there are these lovely moments where Leah's womb is opened by God when he sees her situation and he cares for her in that very specific situation. And then later on, there's that wonderful phrase where God remembers Rachel. And of course, we see that word remember in other situations with Noah. And it's this idea of God caring for that individual in that situation. And I think as I was reading these, I was, I was asking God, like, what is it? Because I was so struck by it. What is it about this that feels wrong? And what, why does it feel like it relates to IVF? because it feels like it's more a surrogacy issue than an IVF one. And it was in reading and understanding the language, I felt God show me that while we maybe don't see it as a necessarily a direct link with IVF, it was the attitude behind it and the desire behind it where these women wanted to bypass God's way of procreation in order to do things in their own way. Um, and as I said, it meant using these other women in an awful way to achieve their own way of doing something. And today, obviously, we can look and say, well, those, those children weren't really theirs. But in the mindset at the time, they thought that they were. You know, they named them and they took them to be as their own. And this bypassing of the natural order just really jumped out at me as I was I was I was reading and praying through it all. And I I felt the link strongly with um our way of trying nowadays in modern technology to try and avoid sorry, to try and bypass our our own situations. Like and it, I've heard it said, and this I, I believe is an, an argument that's often given, is why would IVF be wrong if you're only using, it doesn't involve somebody else, it's just yourself and your husband's egg and sperm. There's nothing necessarily wrong about that situation. Um, and I think this is where God really unpacked a lot of scripture for me. 
Um, and actually, it was a question that um, Nick had asked me, which was a really important question. He had asked me about the other women that we see in the Bible and where God, God blesses other women with children throughout Scripture. Um, so I went back through the Bible and I, I noted down all of the verses with all of the women that I could find where God had given them children and it was obvious where God had given them children so as in the situation with Leah and Rachel there was both of them had an example where God had given them a child so I wrote all these verses down just to prayerfully think about what what was different about these verses compared to some of the other ones so some of the examples I found were Sarah, Eve, Ruth, Hannah, Bathsheba, Elizabeth and as I went through them all and I had them all written out, I noticed that in many of these verses, there's a little phrase that appears again and again. And depending on your version of the Bible, it will say something like, um, whoever the person is, whether it was Boaz or Adam or whoever, went into his wife or made love to his wife and she conceived. And even in some of these verses, God opens the womb. There's an even a direct a direct comment of God's involvement in that as well and I never noticed it before I had never noticed this little section of scripture that appears throughout all these different verses and it's easy to just bypass that and think well of course that's how children are made and suddenly that was it like the Holy Spirit had just underlined all these little verses for me that that wasn't just a passing comment or a super, superfluous, unnecessary comment. It was a direct comment from God about where and how he intended procreation to happen. And he, he, he made it to happen and wants it to be within sexual union, within marriage. And I... Just for a moment when I saw that, I just I just began to feel the weight of what we were trying to do. We were trying to bypass God's way and place for children to be conceived by taking, removing elements of ourselves and allowing that process to happen with a total stranger in a room, in a, a building that we wouldn't even be in. And it, it just suddenly, it just, it just opened up a whole load of scripture. And I suddenly saw, like it was just God had highlighted these verses and I saw, I just saw what we were trying to do. And just trying to bypass sexual union I, I just believed God was saying this is not this is not right and it is not okay and I just hadn't I hadn't felt the weight of it before then and it, a comment that's often made and I think is an important one is that marriage is more than procreation and I, I think it's important especially if you don't have children to remember that your union as a husband and a wife is more than your either your ability to have children or your your apparent lack of not being able to have children. But I think within that marriage unit, 
that is the place and the only place that God had wanted and does want children, the conception of children to happen. And I just, I just wonder, I just wonder if as the church, like how much we feel the weight of these things where we can, because of modern technology and because of our ability to be able to do things, how much we feel this, like how much, how much do we feel the heart of God in this issue? And how much are we really building at, at the Tower of Babel, you know, what are we trying to achieve apart from God and apart from his will and apart from the things and the ways that he would have things done? Um, and Nick had also asked another really important question when I was going through all of my notes and talking through all of these things. Um, where do we draw the line as Christians? Because, you know, it's easy to say, well you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that but where is it okay to use medical interventions because I think we need we need to think about these things critically and have a place where we can honestly say I think this is okay or this isn't okay and as we as we were reading through all of this um I felt with these verses in mind that using medical interventions in a way that helps encourage or resolve natural conception I think is absolutely fine I think God has given us medical technology for good reason um, and I think having things that if you suffer from different conditions or you don't ovulate well or whatever your issue or problem may be if there's a way that you can take something or do something to help improve that so that you can conceive naturally, I believe is, is God's good gift of medical technology to us. And I don't think we should be writing everything out. I just think it's really important that as the body of Christ, we're able to critically think about these things and bring it before scripture and say, what does scripture help me understand about this particular topic and how would God want us to approach all of these different things in a way that is honouring to him and reflects who he is. Um, now, it can I know it can feel like easy to talk about things or it can seem easy to talk about things like I am maybe. And I, w I want to share a little bit about... Um, just how it's affected me personally. Um, I when when all of this um, started, so not long after getting married, we had a really stressful first year of marriage. Um, lots of external things that were really very very difficult, and we we'd certainly assumed that that was a contributing factor to not being able to get pregnant quite early on, and you know, a year or two goes by and suddenly you realise actually we're going to have to go and ask somebody about this because nothing has happened yet. And I was really upset for a long time about this. Um, I think the natural emotions of sadness, grief is another one, and just the associated pain that comes with it, often from the strangest of places and sometimes 
the ones that you most expect, like Mother's Day or baby announcements or the second baby announcement. <coughs> or I think one that I found particularly difficult was the first person who got, who I knew, he was significantly younger than me, who'd got married and got pregnant really quickly. And that, that I think, just struck me more difficult it was more difficult for me than I I had actually ever expected it to be it was very upsetting and that was the reality of it I I felt and I think a lot of people who go through childlessness and fertility struggles have these moments where you do feel very distressed about it and it can it can often take you by surprise with little things and I had I had spent years, years and years praying in exactly the same way. I had prayed just that God would give us a family, that he would fix the problem with my body, that we would be able to conceive. And my prayers were pretty repetitive, I would have said. Um, I, I didn't pray very differently about having children or having a family. And I had, and I don't know whether this is a personal thing to myself or whether this is a common thing amongst women who struggle with fertility. I had a real fear of letting go of wanting to be a mother. So I was scared to ask God to change the desire of my heart about the situation because I had an attachment to wanting to be a mother if that makes sense. So I, I was too scared to pray about it differently. And I, I think I'd reached, I, I reached a point when I, when I was able to acknowledge this statement, I suddenly realised that I had, I had a really incorrect view of God. Um, I assumed that if I prayed that prayer, he would take the desire and he would never give his children. And I think in that moment, I suddenly realized just how awful that was. Like, what a thing to think about God. Like, that just is not who he is. And yet, if I was honest with myself, that's what I was thinking. And I think that was the moment when I was able to, I was able to say to God, I recognize that I need, I need to be able to pray differently about this. And I think that's when something in my heart shifted, really. And I was able to say to him, I actually do want to know you more than I want to have um, a baby or a family. Like, And I, w I was able to pray that without hesitation and without holding something against God or resisting in any way at all. And it was after that, it was in that moment when I was able to pray that, that I think it was looking back at my prayer journal, it was something like a week after that, that all this revelation of stuff came in scripture. And the funny, the really funny thing about all of this was you, I'd assumed for so long that if God spoke to me, it would always be the thing that I didn't want to hear. And in one respect, it was. God didn't answer my prayer by saying, yes, I will give you a family or you will get pregnant or any of these things. He answered me by revealing something profound in scripture to me that I just couldn't have seen without his help. And at that point, it actually, 
it almost didn't matter what he said to me. It was the fact that he had spoken to me personally in a very painful situation that he knew for years and I knew for years and that he came into that and talked to me about it. And I, I'd had this perception for so long that God was absent from the situation, that he wasn't there. And that was my understanding of it because he hadn't answered this prayer in the way that I had wanted him to or the way that I expected him to. And yet he was there the whole time. He was just, he was just waiting for all that time that I needed to be able to get to the place where I could, I could hand that difficult, painful situation over to him and not hold on to it anymore. I was able to give it to him and in, in some respects to be free of it a little bit, to not feel like I was clinging to it in the same way that I had been. And it, it's a kind of funny situation because I've, I've actually not, my desire to be a mother hasn't changed. I would still love to be a mother I would love to be pregnant I would love to experience all of that and yet I can I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is that I I completely trust God with this I have no sense of um resisting this in any way with him I can give it all wholeheartedly to him and knowing that whatever it is he chooses to do whether it is to give as a family or to not give as a family, that's that's fine. And I can say that for, you know, for the first time, you know, eight out of nine years I cried over it. And, you know, since this, which has been over about a year now, I feel like I can just completely trust him with it without any hesitation at all. Um. And I believe more than ever that he could give us a family if he wanted to. And I, I think for years I had I had said those words several times. I had said, I believe that God could give us a family or I, I, I you know, th there was a sense of me saying these words, but I think deep down I had never really believed it in this way. I never really believed that he could he could do it. And I think having this, this experience of him showing me something personally in scripture, you know, God has done that for me. He has, who, like, who am I? Whichever Sam it says that, who is, you know, who is God to think about the son of man? Like, I can't quite remember the wording of it now. But who is he to think of me like that? And yet he's done that for me. He has, he has given me that insight, which has given me, just complete and utter peace. So if he can do that in this situation, I know that he could give us a family if he wanted to. And, you know, that would be amazing. But if, if he chooses not to, I also trust him knowing that he answered my prayer. He, he spoke to me in this situation. And um, I guess just before I finish up with, with this, I'd like to share just um, one little thing from scripture, which has really helped helped me a lot as well. Um, 
I'd been reading the book of Ruth a few months ago and I'd find it to be just extremely helpful. Um, Ruth is always a, such an encouraging character of the Bible and particularly as a woman, she's she's an amazing person to go to, to read about, to to think about her life and how she lived her life. And um, as I was studying the book, I hadn't realised, I'd never noticed before that at the very beginning of the book, when we're given the introduction to all of the, the family members and everything that happens with them, um, the way the text reads, as far as I can understand, it's meant to be read that Ruth had been married to her husband for 10 years when he died. And in all that time, she herself had never become pregnant. And I'd, I'd never noticed it before. I'd never seen it before. Um, and it just felt like another little thing that, you know, God was showing me in that. And then, of course, you read Ruth's story. And she she is just such an amazing character of servanthood and compassion and obedience and faithfulness and all of these amazing characteristics and her situation couldn't have been more hopeless when she left her home to go with Naomi and God re redeemed that whole situation he he brought such comfort and just redemption out of everything that had gone on for that family and I'll just read the little verse that finishes up here it says so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And it was one of the verses that I'd written out listing all the women where God had brought conception to them. And I think the thing that I feel about Ruth is, yes, God blesses her with this child and this marriage at the end, but she walks into this situation knowing that it's completely hopeless and that without the help of God, nothing can come of it. And I love I love the story because her her life is one of submission. She she doesn't try to to bring about a situation in the way that she maybe wanted it to be. She could have left Naomi, got another husband maybe had children that way. But actually what she does is she chooses a path of submission and obedience and love for Naomi. And I, it's such a beautiful contrast to some of the verses that we read with Leah and Rachel. And I think they're just excellent examples of what it looks like for our lives to submit to the will of God rather than fighting the will of God. And we know that God can do anything in any situation. He redeemed the situation with Rachel and Leah and he used that family and the 12 tribes came from it. And we, we know that story so well. But how different could that story have been if they had submitted to the way that God would have wanted children to have been born and in the way that he would have wanted them to have been born and for me that the story of Ruth just continues and will always continue to be a source of great encouragement and great wisdom for 
how to to live not just this area of our lives not just IVF and fertility and all these but just our life our Christian walk and how I relate to God how I view God how I trust God and ultimately how I obey him um in everything 